We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey, everybody, it's John Helton. Welcome back um, to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I've been off since December, um, so I'm rested. It's Thursday, June 7th, 13 weeks away from Falcons Eagles kicking off the NFL season. Um, this is the, like I said, the premier edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for the season. And with me today, um, National Fantasy Football Championship and National Fantasy Baseball Championship founder and current now newly, let's say, godfather of the MFL 10s, uh, Greg Ambrosius, Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me, John. So, so tell you, we, we were talking before, um, the MFLs are, are a new thing for you guys this season. Yeah, it is. Uh, we acquired the MFL 10s from my fantasy league and Mike Hall in the off season. Uh, you know, it's really crazy. That was a great, great product. Those guys are great guys at myfantasyleague.com. But all these state by state licensing fees just made it tough for small entrepreneurs to continue to do the business they were doing before. I mean, it's costing hundreds of thousands of dollars to be licensed in these states. And if you don't, then you're going to have to exempt 18 states. So Mike had to make a decision on what he was going to do. He didn't want to keep exempting states. He found a good partner in us. We acquired them. 
and we've improved the technology a little bit, and these things are just flying off, man. People are having a lot of fun with the MFL 10s right now. That's great. There, there's some people, I, I started playing probably two years ago, uh, maybe three, but some people do, you, you know, two, 300 leagues, right, at 10 bucks. Uh, we have somebody with like 632 right now, so <laughs> it's crazy. But, uh, you know, it's $10 for a chance to win $100, and this year we've added a $10,000 grand prize, so there'll be an overall pool as well. And it's great. I mean, it's it's a blast. It's it's cocaine, it's cocaine addiction almost for fantasy football players. You know, they can draft. It doesn't take very long. You know, this year we added a really nice online draft room, so it's much easier to draft your teams. We also have added four-hour drafts. It's not just the eight-hour drafts anymore. Mm-hmm. We've also added nightly drafts. So every night at 8 and 10 Eastern when you come home, if you want to do a, a 12-team, 20-round draft in less than two hours, you can do it then too. We also have sit-and-goes, which start as soon as they fill with 12 teams. So a lot of different ways to play the MFL 10s this year. And again, we're averaging about 40 drafts a day right now. We already have over 1,500 leagues. That's over 18,000 teams. <laughs> That's the first week of June, so it's crazy. Every, so everybody, that's a reminder. We are not waiting for fantasy football season. It is fantasy football season right now. No, no, no doubt about it. I mean, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, Sirius XM is embracing this as well. We're going to start a best ball show in, in two weeks. And uh, we hope to do best ball baseball next year, whether it be called MFL 10s or not, but we hope to do that. So best ball is great. Everybody can play it. Everybody can draft, and then you're done with your team and just let the computer pick your best optimal scoring lineup. So we're definitely in football mode right now around these offices, I'll tell you that. And that's why we're getting started with this podcast. Everybody check us out on Twitter. Greg is at Greg Ambrosius. I'm at jhalpin37. You can also find us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and you can find us on Facebook. Um, I'm sure the Facebook Lives will be coming as the season gets closer. All right, so so Greg Straddles the fence. He's doing a lot of MFL ten drafts. He does a lot of national fantasy football championship drafts. We're gonna we're gonna straddle both. We're gonna lean toward the NFFC because it's more season long the MFL because the MFL's best ball. But we're gonna talk a little bit about both when we talk about specific players. Um, for for ADP purposes, I used the last month because I don't want to go back too far. Um, who do you, who have you found, Greg, so far? Who are people betting on as the breakouts at the four major positions? Well, obviously, it's Saquon Barkley at the running back position. I mean, his ADP is seven right now in the NFFC. I mean, when was the last time we saw a rookie, anything, wide receiver or running back, going in the first round? I mean, I can remember Adrian Peterson. I look back at his ADP. I think it was like 23. So he was going at the end of the second round. You now have a rookie running back who is just killing it. Uh, He's going seventh in the NFFC. I've seen him go as high as third in the NFFC. Hmm. So that's a guy that everybody is thinking is going to be a superstar. Forget about rookie of the year. This is a guy who's going to challenge for the MVP in the NFL. And I don't know if a rookie's ever been able to do that before. So that's the guy that everybody is, is keeping an eye on. You know, at the quarterback position, it's definitely Deshaun Watson. Coming off an ACL injury in October, everybody's drafting him as if he's just going to contend for the MVP award. He's the second quarterback going off the board. So I would definitely have to say that Deshaun Watson's uh, really getting a lot of love from MFL and uh, NFFC guys. So he would definitely have to be up there. I'll just give you one at uh, wide receiver as I'm looking at it. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon is the interesting one. Uh, there's a photo out on Twitter today where the guy yep. just looks like Superman, right? <laughs> I mean, not only his biceps, but his tricep is just flying out there. And, uh, 
you know, his ADP is 45. I've been in a couple magazine drafts, and whenever you draft Josh Gordon, people are like, why? What the hell? And you see in Twitter where people are really saying, uh, you know, what are you thinking about with Gordon? He's always busted out. He hasn't had a good year since 2013. But, hey, let's say he stays clean. Let's say he stays focused. Let's say Baker Mayfield gets a little starting job. That's a guy to really keep an eye on. And I guess at tight end, I'll just throw another one out there. You know, Trey Burton. That's the guy that a lot of people are all over uh, with the Bears, you know. Uh, came from the Eagles, never really has been a starter, but uh, that's a guy who's getting a lot of love, ADP of 100, and we'll see if they make him the next Travis Kelsey in Chicago. Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of these guys a little more later. One guy I want to ask about, Josh Gordon. See, the, the thing with Josh Gordon to me is the, the discount is the, the risk with him. I don't know if it's factored in appropriately, but it is factored in somehow. If there wasn't risk, he'd be going a lot higher than 45. Oh, be, no doubt about he'd be it. a monster. Okay, everybody, yeah. people would be picking him in, you know, in the first round, right? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at his 2012, 2013 numbers. I mean, they're off the charts. Uh, and we saw the skills there. But the guy really hasn't played much. Uh, five games in 2017, nothing, obviously, in 15 and 16. So, uh, but... Again, you look at that picture, and you just know the skills are there. You know that he can get it done. Cleveland is a real interesting team. I'm going to Vegas in a couple of months, and if they stay at five and a half wins, I'm going to go all over them. Yes. I mean, I just think that they have improved. I give John Dorsey an awful lot of credit, and five and a half wins from this team. I mean, it's a team that even though we went 0-16, they were close an awful lot of times. They certainly should have beat our Packers uh, at home. But uh, this is a team that has a lot more talent than people are giving it credit for. And if Josh Gordon can stay clean and he can stay healthy, this is a guy who could really do some good job, uh, good work. So you're right. It's already being factored in. That's why his ADP is 45. But uh, the talent is there to be a first-round pick. If, if you could get me, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to Vegas anytime soon. You get me the, I'll send you 100 for, for another, for a little more on that Browns over five and a half. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds good. good. Yep. All right, let's get into the quarterbacks a little bit. I want, uh, let's start with Deshaun Watson, who you mentioned already. He's going as QB2 behind Rodgers. Now, I, without the injury, yep. I'd be there. With the injury, and ACLs are different than they used to be, do you think that's too high or just right? Well, I really think it's just right, and the reason being is because of his legs. I mean, this is a guy who rushed for 269 yards and two TDs. We know what he can do with his legs. He still threw for 19 touchdowns. The combination between him and Hopkins is legit, both from Clemson, obviously. So I really think he has the potential to be great. Yep. The, the, the Seattle game last year was the one that just made me say, wow. This was like a Russell Wilson moment. I mean, when Wilson has a rookie, people are like, yeah, right. But no, he just continued to do it. That Seattle game where he just was matching great play for great play with Wilson Mm -hmm. just showed something to me. And I know Seattle's defense isn't, you know, the Legion of Doom or whatever, but uh, he still really looked fantastic in that game. And that just proved something to me. So he's the second quarterback going off the board behind Rodgers. His ADP is 47, so that's the end of the fourth round. Personally, I'm going to wait on quarterbacks. I'm not going that high at quarterback. I'm taking another running back. I'm taking another wide receiver. But uh, if you're going to go for a quarterback and you want a difference maker, in our scoring system, it's six points per passing touchdown. Mm-hmm. I like him at that spot. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. When, when people read, whether it's preseason magazines or mock drafts online or whatever, 
people who are in the industry we are are just a very we're we're, just, we're an unrealistic way to gauge quarterbacks because right. we all wait. We'll sit yeah. there and and it's sort of like a staring contest that we'll all sit there and someone will go, you know, well, it's the sixth round. I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers yet. And we all sit right. there and people read the mag- magazines or whatever it is and they kind of go, what? Yeah. <laughs> it, they, they, people draft quarterbacks differently. I think the point is about Watson here. If you like him and you, you're excited, he's going to cost you. Yeah. You know, you're not sneaking him past anybody. He's, he's you know, the, the potential's priced in here and, and it is what it is. Um, another Next thing I want to talk about, the guy who actually went ahead of Watson, right, in the draft last year, Patrick Mahomes. In Kansas right. City. So uh, Alex Smith's gone. The deck is cleared for Patrick Mahomes to start. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's got Tyree Kill. He's now got Sammy Watkins. And he has Kareem Hunt who can catch the ball. In I'm going to straddle here. In the National Fantasy Football Championship, he's going as QB 15. But in MFL 10s, he's going as QB 10. I feel like there's a ton of buzz around Mahomes. Are you surprised he's so low in the NFFC drafts? Well, again, the quarterback position is so deep that those guys are real close to each other. In other words, Jared Goff is 103, Matt Ryan's 105, Mahomes is 106. So give it a little time. He could be anywhere from 13 to 15, if you will. But, uh, you know, the buzz is there, and it's legit because of that last game of the season. We don't care about Week 17. But what he did against Denver looked legit. 22 of 35, 284, right? Took that last drive down the field and got him the win. Uh, he can run a little bit. You know, the big thing that everyone's talking about is the big arm. All he's going <laughs> to do is throw deep, and that's going to hurt Kelsey. But I don't agree with that. I mean, Andy Reid is pretty conservative. Yes, he'll let him take his shots. But I think when you got a veteran tight end, that's a safety blanket. You know, that's a security blanket for for a quarterback in his second year. So I think Mahomes is going to run this offense well. It's not all on his shoulders with Kareem Hunt in the backfield. So he's got a lot of weapons. He'll hit Tyreek Hill a few times, but I think Mahomes is going to be a good player. I think when all is said and done, his ADP will probably be about 12 for the quarterbacks. Again, really good quarterback group. you got Rivers ahead of him, Roethlisberger, Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford. Is he going to jump ahead of those guys? Probably not. Maybe ahead of Rivers maybe once in a while, but I think 13 to 15 is where he's going to be among the quarterbacks. All right, so right now in the MFL drafts, Mahomes is going ahead of Stafford, Breeze, Winston, Ryan, and Roethlisberger. So, no. Yeah. no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I know we're excited, everybody. But, um, plus, I, I have something against him. His father ruined way too many of my fantasy baseball ERAs <laughs> back in the day. I do remember his dad an awful lot, too. I might have had him on a couple of teams. I don't know if he ruined any of them, oh. but he didn't help any of them. I know that. God, it was like, what's, what's his ERA? 560? What? Come on. <laughs> All right. Yep. The last guy I want to talk about, a quarterback, Eli Manning. Uh, I, was, I saw an interesting Twitter debate over the weekend. Yeah. I know Mike Selfina from Yahoo was in the middle of it. I don't know who else was. And it was about Eli basically arguing that, okay, if we look at the ADPs for his teammates, Odell Beckham, wide receiver number three, Evan Ingram, tight end number four, Saquon Barkley, who's going to catch the ball plenty, we think, yep. Yep. at running back seven. If Eli's QB 25, which he is, Something's off there, right? Mathematically, would you think – now, I saw a counterargument to this but uh, yes. from, I think, Mike Clay at ESPN. But do, do you think if, if we believe that those other ADPs are going to bear out, would Eli almost have to be better than his current draft position? It's a very legit question, and I agree. I saw that Twitter uh, question as well. 
You're right. I mean, if he has all these weapons, how can he be the 25th QB? And I think the answer was he never runs. You yeah. know, he doesn't get you anything with his legs. So that's true. I mean, but last year he only had 19 passing touchdowns, only 26 the year before. Again, a very deep quarterback group. He can his his guys can get an awful lot of uh, fantasy points. That doesn't mean that Eli is going to get 30 plus touchdowns. That being said. Man, he has the weapons, no doubt about it. Sterling Shepard is a good second wide receiver right. as well. And so he has the weapons. And he did throw for 4,000 or more yards the three previous years before last year. He did hit 30 touchdowns two of those three years. So, yes, I think 25 is too low. But does that mean he should be 12th? No. no. Absolutely not. So 25 seems to be a little bit low. But at times last year, he was putrid. So that's what yes, it deserves to be right now. <laughs> if you want to take a leap of faith, take a leap of faith. But if you watch a lot of film from last year, he was putrid. It didn't look good. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to the running backs. Um, uh, let's start with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I am I'm looking at the NFSC. He is the number four running back. I am also going to look at the MFL, and he is the number six running back. I am giving Alvin Kamara a big no thank you. Reason being, I know Ingram's suspended, but when Ingram's back, he's going to get the ball some. As good as Kamara is, Peyton has talked about you know not increasing his volume too much. I'm looking at a guy who I think is, is going to get somewhere around 225 touches, and I don't think the touchdowns are going to come with it again. I, I just think he's being overvalued, and I, I would love to hear what you think of him. Yeah, I don't agree with you at all. In fact, not only is he the fourth uh, running back, he's fourth overall. Yeah. I mean, late in the last month, he's gone ahead of Ezekiel Elliott in the overall pickings, and I guess that's happened since the suspension to Ingram. I mean, if you're only going to project 225 touches, he had 202 last year. Right. And so that's not much of an increase, especially with Ingram being out four games. That's now, fair. I don't think they're going to just force-feed him the ball in those four games, but I think he's going to get more carries or touches as well you know you're talking about ppr a guy with 82 receptions five receiving touchdowns eight rushing touchdowns dynamic i think uh, i'm all in on this Uh, i've got the fifth pick in the fsth draft and you know if he's still there we definitely will take him uh and we're the defending champs just a note there so uh, (laughs) uh, this isn't just some smart ass uh you know guy talking here this guy is a champion last year so no i i like alvin Kamara, and i think he's going to produce this year and i think uh i think he can hold up with the extra load but i think more than 225 touches is, is a sure thing this year. Uh, okay so so if he gets 80 i mean above 80 receptions would be tough so so you're thinking tough, right? 180 carries or so is that fair I don't know if I'd go up to 180, but he's definitely going to get more than 120 rushes. He rushed for 728 yards last year. You know, you're talking about a guy who's getting over six yards a, a carry. So, yes, I think they are going to find ways to get him the ball more often from the backfield. So it's not a stretch to say he's going to get 160, 170 rushes and 80-plus receptions this year. And I think he's going to top last year's 13 total touchdowns. All right. Look it right there. There's a disagreement in Greg Smarter than me, so you probably want to take his advice. Next up, Dalvin Cook. Um, are, are you, again, I, I talked, same thing about Deshaun Watson. I look at a guy like Dalvin Cook, and I see that, okay, I looked at him. Overall, he's 14, I yep. think. So with, coming back from an ACL, does that, if you're drafting, I know you're observing a lot, if you're drafting right now, does that concern you? Does that make you go, mm, is that a little aggressive, or are you good with it? 
Well, I'll tell you what. I've been in a couple of magazine drafts, and uh, he doesn't seem to get past the turn at the 1-2 spot. So he's either going 12th or 13th in a lot of drafts that I'm in. I've seen him go 11th ahead of me in a draft that I was at. So I think the industry experts are definitely all over him. Our NFFC guys aren't afraid of it either. Now, ACL injury for a running back is a lot different than an ACL injury for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, you say why, but uh, obviously it's a lot of pressure on his leg, especially when he's half his games are on AstroTurf, you know, but he was dynamic last year. So I have no problem early in the second round taking him. I think he will be good to go in week one. And he was great. I mean, he was dynamic. Even the game he got hurt against Detroit, he was having a heck of a game before he got hurt without even any contact. So this kid could be special. He really could be special. I think, sure, there's a little bit of a risk there at 14, but I think the upside is unbelievable. All right. Um, And Dalvin Cook, last night, I think in OTAs, the last thing I saw was he's, the quote was, inching toward uh, full go. Pretty close. And and we're in June, so that's a good sign. Are you... Another running back, speaking of Minnesota running backs, not anymore, Jarek McKinnon. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at the MFL. Someone drafted Jarek McKinnon 10th overall somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> People are excited. Love. Yeah. Are you? Well, I know I won't have Jarek McKinnon on any of my teams. Okay. He's just going too high. And uh, Mike Dempsey has drafted over 100 teams, and so his ADP in the MFL 10s is way high because of Mike Dempsey. He's just in love with him. He is in love with him. And he is just picking him higher and higher. But in the NFFC, his ADP is 24 as well. I'm not sure Mike's doing any NFFC uh, draft champions league. So everybody's excited about him going to San Francisco. I mean, my feeling is in Minnesota, I didn't want him to have the ball too many times. I didn't think he could hold up. You know, he's 5'8", 205. He had 202 touches last year. I don't think he can have much more than that. I know San Francisco thinks he can be a bell cow back, but I just don't know if he could hold up. So I can't see him playing 16 games if they're going to plan on giving him like 280 touches or so. So I am not off the bandwagon, but I'm not on it enough to be driving it and taking him early third round and the second round. He, he's the guy who every year before now, it was, I, was, I would draft him late and say this is the year. Yeah. And last year was sort of that. But now, this, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. This is way too pricey. I think so. Even forget, I, I understand the appeal. You know, it, it looks like he has a, great, a good path to volume. He's got a, a play caller that's probably going to feature him and do well by him and is, and is yep. regarded very well. But, yeah, I agree with that. And I'm, I'm, he, he's, he showed too many warts in Minnesota. Every, all those years in Minnesota, not all those, it wasn't too many. But he, he, people made the excuse about the offensive line. But he, he seemed to – he's a, an excellent athlete even among running backs. He's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like you'd watch him and he'd sort of run into the back of his offensive line. I mean, it, I mean vision seemed to be a problem, not that I'm a scout, but it, it was more than just the offensive line with him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, his career high in touchdowns is five, which is what he had last year. He certainly had a great opportunity last year to be the bell cow back. I mean, Murray ended up being more relevant in fantasy than McKinnon did. So I I think he's had his chances to be what people want him to be this year. And again, I just don't think he's going to be able to hold up. That's my concern. Okay. Uh, The last question on running backs. After Barkley, who is going very, very early, you've got a bunch of running rookie running backs going in not the exact same cluster, but not far away from each other. Um, Penny, Geis, Sonny Michelle, uh, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman. Do you have, uh, let's say, a combination of, of talent, potential productivity, and value? Who, who do you, are, 
of those five guys, who do you really like? I really like Sony Michelle, and I know that New England's backfield is always frustrating to figure out, but I just think Belichick is going to use this guy the way he should be, kind of like the Deion Lewis that he had there, and really feature him. I mean, at Georgia last year, he was dynamic. I mean, he was definitely the better back than him and Chubb, I thought. So uh, I agree. I, I like Sony Michelle, and I think they're going to use him like they did with, with Deion Lewis, but he can run between the tackles as well. His ADP is 48. I mean, you're talking about some of these other guys. Rashad Penny's ADP right now is 35 in the NFFC. Before the draft, it was 93. <laughs> so for him to go up that much and for Seattle you know, to use a first-round pick on him, he went from a sleeper to all of a sudden a star, and I just think that's too high. Darius Geis is going ahead of Sony Michelle as well, and who's to say he's going to get any receptions out of the backfield? They already have Chris Thompson, so I think he's going to, have to, going to be TD dependent uh, in Washington to be good. But Sony Michelle can do it all. I think that value at ADP of 48 is very, very good, and he would be my choice among these rookie running backs. Yeah, but these are all, in the NFFC draft, these running backs are all, the overall ADP, Penny's 35, Geis 44, Michelle, 48, Ronald Jones, 51, and Freeman, 54. I mean, they, they better be good if you draft them there. Well, think about that. The five running backs, the rookie running backs, you know, in the top 55, like you said. But look at what the rookie running backs did last year. So I'm just wondering if uh, fantasy owners are just looking at last year's history and saying, oh, yeah, we saw it last year. Five rookie running backs did so well. I think five more are going to do well this year. I mean, they've really been pushed up. Than before the draft, like I said, uh, 93 for uh, for for Penny before the draft. It's amazing how high these guys are going in drafts right now. Right, actually, the, the guy, one guy who surprises me there. So I just listed those five. They're all between 35 and 54 overall in the NFFC ADP. Alex Collins is right behind Freeman and behind all of them. And I look at that and I go, I really like that there. That's a really Absolutely. nice value for him. Absolutely. And Deion Lewis is right behind him there at yeah. 59, you know, and Henry's going at 32. We talked about this on our show last night. That's ass backwards. I'm sorry about <laughs> it, but Deion Lewis, I think, is going to end up having the more value in Tennessee. And he should not be two full rounds behind his teammate there. So uh, I think Deion Lewis, Alex Collins are very good values, and you know their track history, you know what they can do. Uh, you really want to take these rookie running backs ahead of those two guys. I think everybody really wants Derrick Henry to be a good fantasy back. Right. A lot right. of people. And he might be, but I agree with you on that. Oh, right. He's going to be TD dependent. Let's just uh, admit to that. He's going to be TD dependent. Absolutely. Folks, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. There's no credit card required for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check them out now, rotowire.com slash pod. All right, wide receiver talk. Um, you're a Packer guy, right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right. Season ticket holder. There you go. That's that's hardcore right there. <laughs> okay. We we so we all we're all in agreement. Devontae Adams, terrific fantasy pick, gonna go very high, you know, stud. Yes. After that, so Jordy's not there, and I know Jordy wasn't himself or his historic, you know, what what he used to be last year. In the wide receiving core, is there a benefactor from Jordy's absence? Well, not at this point, there isn't. Uh, I mean, Geronimo Allison is the person who is scheduled to replace him. They've got all these wide receiver rookies, you know, that 6'4", 6'5", 6'5", so they're looking for bigger targets. But I don't see anybody at this point. Uh, you know, I really think it is Jimmy Graham who's going to be the answer there. He's going to be in the slot. Uh, Jordy did a lot of his best work the last two years out of the slot. You know, he used to be the deep threat, if you remember. 
But these last two years since the ACL injury has not been the same. He can't release. I mean, my my seats in Lambeau Field are in the end zone. They're 55 rows up, and it's perfect because you can see the field. You can see everything. And he can't get a release. He just cannot separate from defensive backs anymore. Mm. And I think the Packers realize that as well. And Cobb can't either. Not that he was ever you know, a speed demon, but Cobb has trouble getting open as well. And that's why you saw Brent Hundley struggle so much because he locked in on one or two receivers and that was it. Yeah. He couldn't see the rest of the field, which is why he ran, but unfortunately he ran backwards all the time. So <laughs> no play could ever open up. But I think Jimmy Graham is going to be that security blanket. He's going to be that guy that, you know what Rodgers always did? Throws him open. And yep. that's what he's going to do with Jimmy Graham. Even if he's covered tightly, he's going to throw that in that perfect spot where Graham can reach up and get it. And I think he's going to be the benefactor. I don't know if Des Bryant is coming to Green Bay, but there's certainly a good reason why he should. And I think he would be that third receiver. If he's going to sign a one-year incentive-laden contract, I honestly think he could be a pretty good fit in Green Bay. But he can't, But it doesn't seem like he can separate anymore either. I agree. I agree. And again, that would be a position where Rodgers throws him open. That's something Dak did not do. There's yeah. a lot of people in Dallas that talk about that, that he did not see him open and would not throw him open. Tony Romo used to do that with him all the time. All right. Um, so so you, if you get to the end of a, uh, let's, I don't know, a 14-teamer. Yeah. Um, between Allison and some of those rookies, you're not you're, you're not really excited at all about taking a flyer on anyone. I'm not at this point. Uh, I don't think Allison is a guy who's going to be a wide receiver three in, in Green Bay. No way. I don't think he's that player. You know what the Packers need is they need somebody that can go deep and spread out the field. That's what Jordy always did. That's what Jennings mm-hmm. did. And that opened up the middle of the field. The last couple of years, nobody's been able to spread the field out. Again, I can see this all the time. Many teams are going with one safety against the Packers. A lot of times they're bringing the safeties up. They're not worried about anybody beating them deep. That's what the Packers lack right now. So while they got these big wide receivers, I like that. They need a speed demon guy to keep the safeties honest. That is what this offense is missing right now. Okay. Let's go to T.Y. Hilton. Um, ADP-wise, NFFC, he's 31 MFL, he's 49. With Andrew Luck's um, sketchy status, 31's way too rich for my blood at this point. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not touching him this year. I mean, uh, Andrew Luck hasn't thrown a football in two years. I don't know what he's throwing. It's something, they said, but maybe it's a Nerf ball. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, you know, we had Dr. A from Inside Injuries on our show last week, and He's afraid that this is a career-ending injury to him. He just does not feel that he's going to be ready this year to just step in and be accurate and throw and do it for 16 weeks. So I'm not on luck at all. I'm not taking a flyer on him, and I'm not taking a flyer on T.Y. Hilton. I mean, 57 receptions last year, less than 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. Why is he going 31? Yeah. Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. At all. In, in no sense at all, I agree. Andrew Luck, Andrew luck can go play in the XFL with his dad now. He could. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Andrew's dad is the commissioner of the XFL, everybody, by the way. Yes, he is. Uh, Oliver. Case, in case you didn't get that obscure joke. All right. Um, name a player at wide receiver that's being drafted too, uh, other than T.Y. Hilton, that's being drafted too high for you. That's interesting because uh, 
You know, some people are saying that Juju Smith-Schuster is being drafted too high. His ADP is 41, second-year wide receiver. He sure as hell was productive, though. Yep. I really liked him an awful lot. But again, that's pretty high. You know, when you got about 160 balls going to Antonio Brown, and then you've got all other type of wideouts out there, and you got Lev Bell there, it's going to be hard for Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, to justify that ADP of 41. He's very productive. But uh, I think he's going a little bit too high for my blood right now. And I love him. I love him. In fact, week 16, he won the title for us uh, <laughs> in that last week where he had a great second half, I think, against Detroit. He won the title for us. But I think at ADP of 41 is too high for me. All right. So who's going too low? You know what? Uh, Tom and I talk about this an awful lot. Brandon Cooks at 40 right now. Remember last year's ADP was right around 24, 25. He's with the Rams. I understand that's an interesting one. But, man, if you can tell me that Sean McVay is not going to make better use of him than they did in New England, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, I could see a lot more crossing patterns that are going to go to the house. Uh, it doesn't have to just be the deep route. they got Robert Woods there. So I actually think Brandon Cooks at 40 just seems too low. I'm not saying 20 spots too low, but – I think maybe 10 spots too low. I think he's going to have a really good year in that offense. I think Sean McVay is going to make him valuable again. I think that's a really good call by you right there. All right, let's go to tight ends. Who's your, you're drafting, who's your first tight end, Gronk or Kelsey? You know, I think Gronk is the number one, but I'll tell you, I did a magazine draft last week, and I came in the third round, and I really didn't like the wide receivers that were left there, and I took Kelsey. (laughs) I took him over Gronk. I just feel like Kelsey is this guy who can just – Get you 80 to 90 catches. I think Andy Reid's going to feature him again. I understand the quarterback change. I understand Alex Smith had this rapport with him and always would dump it off to him. But Kelsey just, you know, if he can avoid the concussions, I think he's going to stay healthier than Gronk is. And I just think he is the prototype tight end right now of today's game. So I like Kelsey over Gronk right now. I think I do too. It's it's really close, certainly. Yeah. But oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I do too. Um. You talked about Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Do, do you think that right, – you talked about Rodgers throwing him open. Do, do you think – people open. Is it as simple – I know they have training camp. Rodgers seemed to – I mean, he's, he's fantastic. He's my favorite quarterback. I love watching him. Yeah. I think he's just – he's the more complete package than anybody I've ever seen. But he, he, he seemed to really – he liked Jordy a lot, right? Does it take oh, yeah. time to develop a relationship is what I'm trying to say, an on-field relationship, and basically say, hey, we're in the red zone, I'm throwing to Jimmy Graham, and, and that's pretty much that? Well, without a doubt. And the relationship they had was the back sh- shoulder throw. They mm-hmm. did that just perfectly. You know, he doesn't do that with Devontae Adams as well as he did with Jordy. So, yes, it's going to take time for Jimmy Graham and him. You know, I thought Martellus Bennett was going to be that guy that would get 10 touchdowns. They had the first uh, preseason game that uh, Rodgers played was at Washington. He marches them all the way down the field. He's only going to play one series. They get to the three-yard line. He throws it up and back shoulder to Martellus Bennett for a touchdown. I'm like, I'm drafting Martellus Bennett in every draft I'm at. He's going to do that 10 (laughs) times this year. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So it's going to take some time to develop that with Jimmy Graham. But as big as he is, and you know the way the Rodgers practices, I think these guys are going to get a fast rapport together. I think he's going to be good. Remember, he did have 10 touchdown receptions last year uh, in Seattle. I think he can do that this year in Green Bay. All right. Um, our last one, we're going we're gonna to talk about a guy you mentioned earlier as someone people are betting on to break out, Trey Burton. Trey Burton's in Chicago. 
when when he got the chance, whenever Zach Ertz was out in Philly, he did well. Um, yep. He's he's a good receiver. He is in to, to use the cliche that I've heard a lot. Matt Nagy's the coach, the head coach, and right. play caller with the Bears. Trey Burton takes the Kelsey role in the offense, for lack of a better term, and that that seems to be the popular you know the theory as to why everybody is drafting Trey Burton. Are are you on the Trey Burton train? Well, I didn't see that train coming right away. Uh, he definitely was going higher than I was drafting him. I really don't have him anywhere. What is he, like ninth or 10th uh, in the tight ends right now, ADP of 100. Uh, but, you know, the more you read about this, how they're going to make him into the Kelsey. He had same 40 time as Kelsey, 6'3", what, 240 or something, uh, so big target. Yeah, I could see him doing very well there, no doubt. Trubisky, they're going to go into shotgun more, so he's going to get the ball out of his hand much quicker, which means easy passes to Burton. I don't see why he isn't a top 10. I think he has all the skills, and everybody after him has some warts on him. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm starting to get on the Trey Burton uh, bandwagon, but it flew by me before I could get on it. <laughs> exactly. Um, related, do you like Trubisky? If you're drafting two quarterbacks for whatever reason, do you like Trubisky in this setup? I don't know. Uh, man, they had like the fewest number of plays last year. That offense was just terrible. He sure showed something to me, at least in the first game that he came on that Monday night game. I, I thought his accuracy was really good. Uh, they only went in the shotgun 13% of the time, and he, that's all he did at North Carolina. So that was really stupid by John Fox. So getting rid of him is like getting rid of, uh, you know, just a stubborn old coach and I think uh, they're going to be much better off this year I think he's going to be improved he wouldn't be my choice in a two quarterback league as my second quarterback I'll just say that okay who too would many, too many other options who's I your favorite of that of those of that kind of tier you know 15 to 20 22 24 whatever yeah I mean there's all kinds I mean Derek Carr should do better this year uh you know, Marietta was a hot choice. I think Jameis Winston is, is right there. That would probably be one of my guys I would target in a QB2. He'd probably be my second quarterback I'd like to target. Okay. Um, I saw, back to Twitter, I think I saw Brad Evans touting uh, Trey Burton last night or the night before. And I think the, the, the comment he made was, he's why you pass on Gronk and Kelsey. Which I think I, I get it, right? Because the ceiling is high with this role. But let's say you play that game. You play the weight on a tight end game. And let's say Trey Burton's your target. So he's about the 10th tight end or so. And you let yeah. Ertz and Engram and Graham and Olsen and guys like that go. If you're sitting there and you go, hey, round seven. All right, I'm going to scoop up Trey Burton. And someone snipes you on Trey Burton. Who's down there that you like then? Now you've waited on tight ends and your Trey yeah. Burton as your target goes. Who else is down there you say, that's okay. I'll be fine. I will take blank. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to panic if Trey Burton gets sniped before you. And I don't think you do need to take a tight end at 25 or 26 or 27 with Gronk and Kelsey. I mean, we're, we're, we're still searching for running backs and wide receivers at that point, and tight end position is so iffy. For me, I would not panic at all. I mean, Jack Doyle, I thought, had a very good year last year with luck not being there guy with 80 catches so I think Jack Doyle is one let's not forget about Tyler Eifert let's see where he's going his ADP is 128 so 28 picks after Burton it's a guy who had 13 receptions a couple of years touchdown receptions a couple of years ago so let's not throw out Tyler Eifert also the two sophomore tight ends why not OJ Howard why can't he have a better second year why can't David Njoku 
have a better second year. Those guys are going almost 40 picks after Burton. So yep. I'm certainly not panicking. I think there's talent after those guys, and this is such an unpredictable position that I'm fine with any of those three guys I mentioned. It was funny. I, I was gonna when I was prepping for this today. I was gonna ask you about David Njoku, <laughs> but but the, what I did was I looked at it and I said the reason what would scare me away from Joku is Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry. Yeah. That, that there's, that maybe the volume's not going to be there for him. I really like, I thought the flashes we saw last year, I really liked. Yeah. I I totally agree. The talent is there. I mean, he's like six, three, two forty five. He's got really good skills, still young, only about 21 years old. And he only had 32 receptions last year. He had four touchdowns, so he's a good target in the red zone. I think he's going to have a good breakout year as well. I think this offense is going to be much improved this year, and I think the tight end is going to play a big role in it. I think Landry is going to play a big role in it too. They're not going to just go downfield all the time to Gordon. I think they're going to try to keep the ball moving, keep the chains moving, and I think he's going to have a better year this year. So I, I, I do like him. He's, you know, Tight end one, that's tough on your team because there's no guarantees. But again, I wouldn't panic. He'd be one of the guys I'd target. Okay, so last question. Week, week five, who starts for the Browns, Baker Mayfield or Tyrod Taylor? You know, I think Baker Mayfield is going to start at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to rush him, but, boy, the buzz is going to be there. Uh, I don't see how you keep him off the field. You know, I heard that early on in these offseason ones, he struggled a little bit here and his accuracy is a little bit off. He's going to put a lot of pressure on himself, but, boy, once he gets on that field, I think he's a gamer. I think he'll be there in week five. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. All right, Greg, can you tell people, people, like we said, it's June 7th. We're 13 weeks away from kickoff of the NFL season, but you can draft right now. Greg, can you please tell people where they should be looking to draft? Yeah, in our NFFC, go to playnffc.com. That's playnffc.com. We have Draft Champions Leagues, 12 teams, 35 rounds. So if you like a deeper <laughs> uh, best ball 12, 12 teams, 35 rounds, $150 draft champions leagues. We have a $22,000 grand prize there. Uh, the nice thing is we have our ADPs free for everybody right now. We decided to just let the industry see all the results. So you can go to playnffc.com slash ADP. And with the MFL 10s, we have free ADPs as well. Check them out, playmfl10s.com slash ADP. Yep. There's, there's a lot there, everybody. And like I said, you, you don't need to wait to draft. You can go right now. And if you worry that you might forget about a team, you go to the MFL 10, you draft a team. doesn't matter if you forget about them because you don't need to set, you know, rosters and everything. Well, you know, they'll remind you when the kickoff comes, but you don't have to worry about rosters or pickups or anything like that. They're really entertaining. They're a great way to play fantasy football at, at high volume and draft early, practice a lot early and 10 bucks a pop. So it's pretty great. Um, everybody, if you like this podcast, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and a rating. We would always ask for that. Thanks a lot. And Greg, thank you so much for, for, I think you kicked off our season with me last year. So thanks a lot for being here. I did. I love to be the kicker on this podcast. So thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Again, Greg is at Greg Ambrosius on Twitter. I'm at jhalpin 37 Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, our next show is going to be sometime the week of June 11th. Not sure who yet, not sure what day, but I'll let you know on Twitter as soon as I can. For Greg Ambrosius, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.